I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to this podcast, Doesn't Exist. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Do I have to sit closer to the mic? Yes. All right, here I come, you guys. I'm here now. Hello. Don't I sound pretty? (laughs) You are pretty. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. It's not like I set you up for that compliment whatsoever. I mean, it worked, though. Can I tell you that my bio on at least one dating app, couldn't tell you which one, is um, Call Me Pretty and Buy Me Books? Because I'm dishonest. Where's where's the lie? I just, I know what I want out of life, you know? Yeah. Anyway, you're pretty too, by the way. Thank you. And you're pretty too, listeners. Uh, yes. If you want to prove to your to us that you're pretty, you should follow us on Instagram at This Podcast Doesn't Exist, and then we can look at you. We won't follow you back because we're a mysterious organization, um, but we can still look at your profile and your beautiful little profile picture when you comment or DM us your ideas. And from there, you can also play along with the podcast on our bingo card. It is in the link tree in our bio. Um, it should be the very first thing that pops up at the top of the list. And today, Shannon is going to play bingo. Boop, boop, boop. I love that I showed my microphone. You really screen. did. You like, like showed it to your microphone. Wait, do I have visual bit on here? I don't think I do. No. Sad. I didn't have it on mine either. I did not win bingo last week. It's fine. It's fine. I only had one left. It was haunted. But it's fine. She's over it, you guys. I'm so over it. If you have any thoughts that you'd like to tell us as well, feel free to DM us or to email us at thispodcastdoesn'texist at gmail.com. We like hearing from you guys. I still want diner orders, please and thank you. I just like dreaming about diner food. Because who doesn't love pancakes and grilled cheese on the same plate? Oh, on the same plate? Okay, so maybe separate plates, but real close to each other. Okay, acceptable. Okay. I'll let it pass. You can also find us on TikTok. We have a few things up there and things in the works. You can find us also at... at, uh, This podcast doesn't exist. There. That's, That's where you can... You you can find you can find you you got this. You found us now. You'll find us again. Let's start the episode. Okay. Hey Shannon. Hey. You like lists, right? I do. And you like not having to decide things. Correct. Yeah. So would you like a list of things that you're supposed to do? Yeah. Would you like that list for what to do after the apocalypse? Yeah, that would be really helpful. Yeah, I thought so. Today we're going to talk about the Georgia Guidestones. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any concept nope. of what they are? Okay. Not at all. All right. Well, in Georgia, on a hill, sit five stone slabs with instructions for rebuilding the world after an apocalypse. I have an interjection. Yes. Uh, the state of Georgia, not the country. Oh, yes. Okay. The state of uh, Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> United States. Okay, great. <laughs> so is this a hoax or is it a calculated plan for those left at the end of humanity? So it's in Elbert County, Georgia, in the northeastern part of the state, which also holds prestige as the granite capital of the world. These guidestones sit on the tallest hill in this county made out of granite. There is one guidestone slab in the center of this structure with four arranged around it like star points and a capstone slab that's thinner and shorter 
um, on top of all of them. The monument itself is 19 feet and three inches tall. Each slab is about 16 feet high, six and a half feet wide, and about a foot thick. And the whole thing weighs about 237,746 pounds. Wow. Yeah. There is also another tablet a short distance from the monument, which gives an explanation as to its existence. It doesn't really explain anything. It basically just gives like, these are its dimensions. This is how heavy it is. This is when it was erected, all that. So before we get too into it, let's talk about how the Guidestones came to be. So here is the long story of the Georgia Guidestones. Joe H. Fendley Sr. was the president of Elberton Granite Finishing Company in this little granite capital of the world. In June 1979, a man walked into his office, well-dressed, and he introduced himself as Robert C. Christian. He claimed to represent, quote, a small group of loyal Americans who believe in God, end quote. He had plans for a granite monument laid out in metric specifications, which was odd for America, and asked for an estimate on what it would cost. When interviewed, Fendley remembered he tried to discourage Christian, quoting the job higher than any he had done before, <laughs> due to special tools, heavy equipment, and multiple consultants needed. He said, quote, I was thinking, I got a nut in here now. How am I going to get him out? <laughs> End quote. Fenley gave him a price in the six-figure range. Christian asked where he banked and then left. So Wyatt C. Martin, the president of Granite City Bank, met with the mysterious man next. Martin remembers. <laughs> you okay? I just, when I hear things titled like Granite City, it sounds fake. Like it sounds like something yeah. out of a musical. Or like a comic book. Like Granite City. Here we have a lot of granite. <laughs> And You're then like, they sing a song about okay. rock. It's a, yeah. it's a rock musical. Oh, but a, but a, so funny. Hello. <laughs> You're right there. I'm great. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm glad our relationship isn't getting rocky. I'll never take you for granted. <laughs> I don't have any other rock puns. Pum. Pumice, pum, I give up. <laughs> I don't know. Guarantee you that Raymond has some puns in the works right now. I betcha. Oh, yeah. He's ch he's telling the treadmill about the puns. Yep. All right. So Martin remembers, quote, Fendley called me and said, a kook over here wants some kind of crazy monument, end quote. When he arrived, Christian expressed a great need for secrecy and explained that the money would be coming in from numerous banks around the country. Martin said, quote, he was going to send the money from different banks because he wanted to make sure it couldn't be traced, end quote. The man also fully admitted that Robert C. Christian was a pseudonym. He also explained that the group he was a part of had been planning this monument for 20 years and wished to remain anonymous forever. Um, okay. I have a theory. I'll wait. All right. The man seemed unfazed by the idea that the project he was asking for would be the largest that the company and the county had ever taken on. 
finding even one piece of granite that size intact and then to carve it and get it set up to the specifications Christian desired would be a feat, let alone to do it for five pieces plus a capstone. And still, the man would just nod and be completely unbothered. The man left for a few days and returned to meet with Martin again to set up the payments. Martin, however, only half believing this man, said he couldn't proceed with financial anything until he had the man's true identity. They came to an agreement. Christian would give Martin his real name, and Martin would act as Christian's sole representative, sign a confidentiality agreement, and agree to destroy all documents and records of the project once it was done. Martin, seeing no harm in the matter really, and feeling assured that the project could be paid for, Agreed. Crazy dude's gonna want a huge monument? Fine, as long as he can pay for it. I mean, I... <laughs> Christian, the same day, met with Fendley one more time to give him a shoebox with a wooden scale model of the monument and tenish pages of specifications. Fendley still believed this man to be crazy and didn't think it would even be something he could pay for until Martin called the following week to tell him that they had just received a $10,000 deposit for the job. Fenley didn't question it again from then on. I mean, money talks. And the job was fully paid for at the end of it, so might as well. Fenley and his crew got to work. Martin, on Christian's behalf and instruction, bought five acres of land from a farmer that included the tallest hill in the county for $5,000, and Christian stipulated that the farmer and his children be granted lifetime cattle grazing rights. Once the land was purchased, Fendley never heard directly from Christian again, as he only communicated through Martin from then on. The farmer, named Wayne Mullinex, helped to level out the top of the hill and acted as contractor to lay the foundation for the monument to sit on, as he had a local construction company, yes, supporting small businesses. <laughs> the slabs were dug for. They had to go 114 feet into the rock at Pyramid Blue Quarry. Quarry? Sorry. It, the way that quarry is spelled makes me want to say quarry. To you find got, pieces you got a, You got a quarry about the quarry? Do you now? Do you? Do you really? They were able to find pieces large enough. They just had to really dig for them. That's um, something that I feel like I have not considered in my life. Like, you you see, like, granite countertops or, like, stone monuments or pillars in buildings and things. Yeah. So you're like, okay, stone, cool. Great. But the fact that you have to, like, dig in the dirt because the stone was formed by geological processes. (laughs) Shannon's going back to her natural history class. Geoenvironmental science with Mr. Rowland. Woo woo! I don't remember as much as I think he would want me to, so I'm gonna move on. (laughs) I mean, it's, it is weird to think, because obviously you can find large pieces, but the pieces that are be- like it had to be these very specific dimensions, which means that you had to find pieces that were bigger than the dimensions asked for so that you could cut them all the same size. Right. So, as Cheryl says, insane. measure twice, cut, cut once. once. So the slabs were dug for, cut, carved, and positioned as Christian had specified over the course of about a year and a half. 
an astronomer had to be contacted and contracted to make sure that the positioning of the stones was correct because there were some astronomical things happening. Remind me what year it is again. 1979. Okay. Sorry. For some reason, my brain was picturing... Like, 1919. Like no, 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 no. Like, wearing bowler hats, and they're like, welcome to Granite City. I think I was just picturing the Music Man. Yeah, when you heard Granite City, you immediately went to Music Man. Never City. <laughs> All right. It's the 70s. We're looking at the stars to make sure things are... Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm there. I'm here. I'm doing So, it. the fact that the granite came from Pyramid Blue Quarry has conspiracy theorists giddy because of the link between pyramids and Freemasons. But there's no evidence of this, because of course there isn't, oh. of it being connected at all, other than the fact that the name is Pyramid. What about... Never mind. That feels <laughs> like cheating. Oh? Cause, well, because I'm participating in the episode, but I'm also playing bingo. See, so. but the way... I will say, the way that I played bingo for the last one was anything that I that you said unprompted, um. rather than anything I said. Wow. Are you going to unclick some things? <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> well, I guess I'll unclick that one. I mean, I'm all for cheating. No, I don't do that. <laughs> Shannon doesn't cheat. I don't do it. Well, then fine, because I'm saying it and not counting it. But maybe the friends at home can use it. And it is a legitimate question I have. Okay. In addition to Freemason conspiracy, are they also like the Illuminati because of the pyramid, the unfinished pyramid? Potentially. What I could find didn't mention it unless it's deep in the depths of some weird Facebook post that was too difficult for me to read, which I did find a few of. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, so the unveiling of the stones was set to happen on the vernal equinox, and so on March 22nd, Hey! 1980. <laughs> I mean, just, I was 14 years late. Yeah. Congress member Doug Barnard addressed a crowd of 400 who had come to see the mysterious stones that were already sending rumors through town that this was a celebration. He said that it was a celebration. The way that I phrased that sentence <laughs> was, like, was very bad. It was a rumor that it was a celebration? No, no, no. <laughs> the mysterious stones that they had come to see were already sending rumors through town, and Congress member Doug Barnard addressed a crowd of 400 to say that this was a celebration. I see. So he's part of whatever kooky business is happening here. Or he was just like, no, oh, there's monument. I have a theory. Okay, never mind. I'm building it like a granite house. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right, well, soon, Fendley was the most famous man in town, the Stones the most famous thing in town, and made Elberton a sudden tourist destination regardless of its extremely rural status. But many in town were unsettled by the Stones, as were most who came to see them. Oh. So let's talk about what's on the Stones. Okay. On each of the Stones, on both sides, is the same message in eight different languages. English... Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. Wow, the inclusivity! The message is a set of guidelines or principles as follows. 1. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. 
Right, Thanos. Yep. Two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Three, unite humanity with a living new language. Four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Nine, prize truth, beauty, and love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And ten, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Now, most of these sound kind of okay. Yeah. Don't wreck the earth, protect people, promote justice, and personal rights, but I've just got a few questions. Chiefly not one and two. Yeah. Let's start with the first bullet. 500 million people is not that many people. No. The average amount of people on the earth right now is 7.8 billion. Mm-hmm. In order to get to this sustainable number, 7 billion and 300 million people would have to perish. So, sup Thanos, snap them fingies. I literally wrote that in my notes. I know, that's why I'm going to give it to myself on the bingo card. <laughs> Fandom, Fandom reference. None. However, However, we are on a trajectory of overpopulating the earth by 2050 or earlier. Yeah. So there's a piece of this that is ethically a difficult question to solve, which is if we are overpopulating the earth, do we stop reproducing? Mm. Well, that brings us to bullet point number two. Now to the second bullet. Guiding reproduction sounds a hell of a lot like eugenics, which ain't great. Mm-mm. While the idea of improving fitness and diversity, which does help with longevity in humans, may be great in the abstract, the process by which to do this and the person or people who would be guiding this process makes it freaking iffy. Let's remember the Nazis. I mean, it's all just very sci-fi novel of, yeah. you know, I mean, even in, in China, like the one child Yep, rule, one child law. But then, Yeah. It, and, yeah. it gets iffy, mm. and humans are flawed, and it's very difficult to persuade people to do the same thing all at the same time. But also, like, let's not try and force people to have or not have kids or, you know, all that kind of crazy well, stuff. Well, because then it gets into, like, yes, eugenics, but also... I mean, going back to last week, the capitalism of it all. Yeah. Because how much you want to bet people that are wealthy would have a better chance of being deemed eligible to, like, have a kid. If that's the way, if that's the system that gets set up, too, is, like, what is the system that we're functioning under? Like, this isn't necessarily helping to build a system or build a government. It's just, like, here are the rules for the ruling of the earth. Good luck. And then... What is it, 500 million? Mm-hmm. But to, like, keep it around that, I'm like, is there way over him? Are we going a little bit over? Or is it, 500 like, million and three, and we've well, got to like, pick three it's people? It's like, oh, well, I just gave birth to my baby, 
sorry, Grandma, you're out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's, yeah. Mm. I don't know. And who would be in charge of that? Like, who would be in charge of I making don't. sure? Like, that's that's the where the issue comes in. But another the issue is if there's just one. <laughs> there's multiple. Another bullet that sounds great is uniting humanity with a living new language. But it would honestly be so hard and could potentially eliminate any cultural diversity. Mm. There's also a uh, prophecy that a lot of evangelicals kind of float into, which is that at the beginning of the world, there was one language. And then we have Tower of Babel. This is based on the Bible. And Tower of Babel, where they try to build a tower to heaven in order to see God. And because of their hubris, God you know, knocks over the tower and then makes it impossible for them to speak to each other by giving them each a different language. There's also in Christian teachings that during Pentecost, the disciples were each able to speak in a different tongue in order to disciple and preach to people on the street in their own languages. Um, And that's where we get the idea of speaking in tongues and that in also Pentecostal churches makes it as though like you you're basically just kind of it sounds like gibberish but what you're really doing is you're able you're like speaking a language but it's not one that we know or you know you're speaking the language of God or something like that and there's a prophecy that when humanity returns to speaking one universal language that means that the Antichrist has come which I don't understand the I tried to find a little bit more on this, and I truly couldn't. I also couldn't find anything within the actual Bible that posed this. Yeah, I feel like so if, if you believe if you believe all of that that's in the Bible, then wouldn't returning to one language be like okay, a we're, return we're, to God? We're better. Like we we earned the right to all understand each other again. I couldn't find anything that was clearer than that they believed that it was a act of the Antichrist. Or like, you know, a leading up to the end of the world, basically. I think they are pulling from something in Revelation, which would make sense. Is, mm-hmm. You know, it's like the end of the end of the world kind of situation. Yeah. But in any case, it, it just logistically, regardless of how many people would be left over if this is an apocalyptic situation... The majority of people who would even make it to the Georgia Guidestones, they're probably going to speak English. Yeah. Because if there are people left over in the area. (laughs) But maybe they picked a super rural area on purpose, Emma. I think they did. So that nobody would find them. And then once it had been, you know, 80 years since the, the big whatever apocalyptic title the novelist decides to give it. Then it'll be our teenagers, our three teenagers that will find the stones and they'll be like, wow, what is this? Grandma, what is th- what are these markings? And she'll be like, I remember. I, I, I remember I English. think this was English. The way it used to be. My <laughs> mother's mother taught me. <laughs> All right, well, the rest are pretty easy to understand and don't necessarily pose any huge issues, although you could probably find them in there somewhere. The other interesting thing about the monument is that it also functions as a calendar and compass. Oh. 
So an astronomer from the University of Georgia had to be hired in order to set the stones in the correct alignment. The four outer stones were set to be based on the limits of the sun's migration across the sky, and the center column needed two very precise features. One, a hole to see the north star through at all times, and a slot, two, a slot to align with the rising sun during solstices and equinoxes. At noon each day, the sun needed to pass through a 7 8 inch hole in the capstone so as to indicate the day of the year on the center stone. It's all extremely intricate. The explanatory tablet a short distance away doesn't do much to help explain much of anything. It identifies the structure and the languages used on it, as well as the astronomical features it has. It names the sponsors of the project as, quote, a small group of Americans who seek the age of reason, end quote. But it also says, quote, time capsule placed six feet below this spot on, to be opened on, and then doesn't give a date for either. There's no mention of a time capsule being buried at any point, nor any move to make one. I want to know <laughs> what they were thinking of putting in the time capsule <laughs> and why it never got made. I'm, I'm going to wait. Okay. I'm waiting till my turn. Shannon's face is so incredulous right now, you guys. <laughs> uh, no, not incredulous. I just am... I'm formulating. She's keeping it all up, all up in the cranium. Because I don't want to. I just want to receive all the information you have. Okay. And then I will make my assessment. <laughs> okay. I think. So of course this is a place I want to go. So let's put it on the road trip map. Okay. And plenty of people have taken their conspiracy pilgrimages to the stones as well. Right after the stones were unveiled to the world, though, there was a surge of interest because there's like, you know, these weird stones in the middle of nowhere with apocalyptic writing on them. Mm -hmm. People from around the world, Japan, China, India, flocked to the guidestones just to see the odd and intricate structure. So this tiny town in the middle of Georgia now very quickly has high interest. And so they had to scramble to get some tourist situations set up. Mm -hmm. Quick, we need a Cracker Barrel. Right now. <laughs> a Waffle House. I love Cracker Barrel. And then another Waffle House on the other side of town. I don't care that we have two stoplights. We need one on both ends. It's very important to the Japanese uh, tourists of ours. They need to experience <laughs> all that Georgia has to offer. Yes. This is all we have to offer, apparently. Peaches. Peaches, Waffle House, Waffle House Georgia Rocks. Guidestones. <laughs> A coven of witches from Atlanta, just oh. months after the unveiling of the stones, decided on Elberton as their home away from home, oh. using the stones as a stage and altar. No human sacrifice, as locals feared. But there were a couple chickens that may not have been as lucky. Oh. Well. Mostly it was dancing, chanting, communing, and even one marriage ceremony, which I think is really sweet. Oh, okay. Once the media got tired of trying to track down Christian, which they had been doing since they started building the stones, um, the Georgia Guidestones became a little less of a focal point, and although Elberton's highest hill remained firmly on the map of places to visit, there was like a dip in interest, because it is in the middle of nowhere. 
So, of course, not everyone thinks that the Guidestones are just a fun monument to see. Some take them very seriously, either fearing them or fully believing in them. Activist Mark Dice, who wrote a book titled The Resistance Manifesto, this man has to be white, started to demand in 2005 that the Georgia Guidestones be, quote, smashed into a million pieces, end quote. He believes that the monument is of satanic origin Mm -hmm. and that Christian was a high-ranking member of, quote, a Luciferian secret society, end quote. The Luciferian secret society is a, like, theory of the New World Order conspiracy. Mm -hmm. So he thought that that was where it was going. Mm -hmm. He continued, quote, The elite are planning to develop successful life extension technology in the next few decades that will nearly stop the aging process, and they fear that the current population of Earth is so high that the masses will be using resources that the elites want for themselves. The Guidestones are the New World Order's Ten Commandments. End quote. I don't... I want to talk a little bit more about the New World Order, but I... I'm not going to. We can do another whole episode on it because it's all just crazy conspiracies and it's interlocking conspiracies mm-hmm. too. So it's not just one thing. But basically the New World Order is the idea that the highest ranking, the elite sect of the world is working together to completely pummel those below them in order to be the last surviving people on Earth so that they can have the Earth to themselves. And they're going to hide out in the bunkers of the Denver International Airport. Amen. Apparently. So unfortunately for Dice, his ranting against the Guidestones has just brought more visitors and greater publicity to the (laughs) monument, which in turn makes the Elbert County officials less likely to remove the major attraction. Because why? Why would you? Mm -hmm. Why would you take away the one thing that is making you, like, making your town, not even you, making your town money, like... You gotta keep your town alive. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Republican from Georgia, who is also just crazy to begin with. She endorses a number of conspiracies, including QAnon, and she was voted in during 2020 into Republican Congress, mostly Republican Congress. She responded to a Facebook post in 2018 about conspiracies she believed in. If you want to see this post, I will link it. It's I don't even know what the original post was, but it's a comment from a post, and the comment, and she's commenting on the comment, like, she's not even commenting on the post. The comment itself is, like, ages long and kind of indecipherable in terms of reading it. It's just Mm -hmm. craziness. And she responded to this post all about all of these interlocking conspiracies, all this stuff, that... That all is true. This is her saying this. That all is true. By the way, I've seen the Georgia Guidestones. End quote. So the majority of the post was like, New World Order allegedly being set up by George H.W. Bush. Like, all this crazy stuff. And the fact that the Guidestones were going to be the thing that they're, you know, trying to use against us. Whatever. She's crazy. She's crazy nuts. Even if you're a Republican, like... You have to admit that this woman is crazy nuts. Mm. (laughs) So Yoko Ono, 
Oh, unexpected celebrity <laughs> mention. There you go. Called the messages on the stones, quote, a stirring call to rational thinking, end quote, and mentioned the last item on the list, the ask to leave room for nature in a song she wrote and performed. So I can see, like, Yoko Ono's pretty hippy-dippy. She's interesting just in terms of her career trajectory and her life story. And I can see where she is sitting on, like, it, with it, with the Georgia Guidestones stuff. It's this weird mix where it's, like, one half is complete conspiracy theorists, New World Order, like, hardcore QAnon people. And then the other half of it are, like, the witches and the Wiccans and the, like, hippies. hippies all of those people who are like, yes, let's be one with nature. Like, there's... It's a, such a dis. There's no in re, real in between other than mm-hmm. like the skeptics like us, but it, it's so stark the people who like fully believe in this. How far apart they are in terms of the spectrum of who they are. It's so weird. On September eleventh, two thousand and nine, a small cube of granite was taken from the top of the stones and it took police almost four years to find the three men who took it. The sheriff's office was a bit confused, though, and said, quote, we don't know what their intentions were with the piece of granite, end quote. <laughs> I think they probably just wanted you to either... The case. Yeah, I don't think... I think they wanted to, like, steal something or have a piece of the guidestones, or they were just being dumb, and they were like, oh, let's just take it and leave. So... The guidestones have also been vandalized multiple times, um, with people writing things, like, they, they graffiti it, they paint it, they do it all that. Um, it, it's granite, luckily, so you can easily, like, wash it and Power scrape stuff off of it. But they've written things like, Death to the New World Order and I am Isis, Goddess of Love. So, I mean, they write other things, too, but those are some noteworthy things. Some believe that the stones may be a signal to UFOs that this is a good spot to land as it looks like an X from the sky. You're welcome for that, bingo. I'm so close. I know. On multiple. The stones have also been in a... I'm putting this in quotations. Documentary by Alex Jones called Endgame, Blueprint for Global Enslavement in 2007. Oh. Where Jones presents a claim of a eugenics-obsessed group whose mission is to eliminate the majority of the Earth's population and enslave the rest. Apparently, it's a satanic international network that's been, quote, steering planetary affairs for hundreds of years, end quote, and that Microsoft, all global governments, and the band U2 are involved. (laughs) I have no clue why he specifically calls out that's YouTube. Why, that's, that's why the YouTube album was put on all of our phones without our permission. It's part of this satanic world order. Do you remember that? Oh my gosh, guys, do you remember when YouTube put their entire album on everybody's Apple, I like iTunes? When was that? I don't even remember. I genuinely don't remember. I think I was... Like, either end of high school, early college. That sounds right. That feels correct to me. But, like, now I want to know. When was that? 2011? 2012? 
Oh, wow. Apparently it was September 9th, 2014. Oh, wow. That's a lot later than I thought. That is... <laughs> I appreciate the person that wrote this article. September 9th, 2014 started out like any other day. The birds were chirping, the sun was shining, and everyone was gearing up to hear what new Apple products. We were solidly in college at that point. Wow. Yeah, we were. Junior year. All right. Sorry. Moving on. All right. The Guidestones were on Mysteries at the Museum on a special Monumental Mysteries episode, Mm. because of course, so they couldn't hang out in his basement. They had to, like, go outside. Lastly, conspiracy theorist Jay Widener claims that R.C. Christian's pseudonym resembles Rose Cross Christian or Christian Rosencruz, which who was the founder of the Rosicrucian Order. Oh, and see, I thought he was one of the people tasked with killing Hamlet. <laughs> Rosencrantz. Uh, I still haven't seen that show, Rosencrantz and Gilderstern. Oh, it's going to be like, Hamlet? No, I've seen Hamlet. <laughs> No, I want to see Rosencrantz and Gilderstern are dead. I don't think I've seen. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. I've seen like a scene from it in mm-hmm. a directing class. I think I've seen the same, but I haven't but, seen the whole movie. And the whole then, movie, the whole show. They did it at Sweetbriar, but I was not able to go. Well, if you don't know anything about the Rosicrucians, the essential breakdown is that it was a movement in the early 17th century that sought to bring esoteric truths of the ancient past to the present to reform mankind, pulling from many mystic traditions to do so. So, the boiled down version of a Rosicrucian kind of matches up with the Georgia Guidestones guidelines. (laughs) So... We got a little bit of matchy-matchy there, but I'm sure the same could be said for multiple, I was going to say cults. Rosicrucians aren't a cult, Mm -hmm. but all right. Finally, our theories. Mm -hmm. Here they are. Mm -hmm. Fenley faked the whole thing, so it was a hoax. There were a few people in town, particularly those who were also in the granite business, because he wasn't the only one who had a uh, granite company who believed that Fenley made up R.C. Christian and had Martin help him with loans in a story to create the best advertisement for his company that he could think of. Okay. Which, in the abstract, sounds pretty dang good, but very expensive. Right. Yeah. And you're using, like, your biggest slabs of granite. Right. In order to, when you could be making, I don't know, this is morbid, but, like, 15 headstones from it. Like, I don't know. So many countertops. So many countertops. So it's weird. It, it's it, the hard part to swallow is basically the, the the amount of effort it would take and the amount of uh, of money it would take just doesn't seem okay for like publicity's mm-hmm. sake. Like if that's right. your jumping off point, like yes, in the end he did get like he was a pretty famous dude after that, mm-hmm. all of that. But it doesn't seem like exposure doesn't pay the right. bills. Come on, you guys, pay your artists. Pay your granite people. So I don't necessarily believe that one, but it's still a theory that bounces around. Mm -hmm. The second theory is that this is the brainchild of the New World Order looking to keep the elites and kill the peasants to restore the earth. Mm. It would give them all the wealth. And it seems like a long shot, but it would work for them in the long run. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is the key conspiracy that a lot of conspiracy theorists work with 
that it's part of the new world order. They want to keep us uninformed and uneducated. They want to keep us down. They want to keep all the secrets from us. Because you're super important, Chad. But if that's true, why would they tell us their plans? They've literally written down their plans for their new world order. Well, yes. But that's for after the world has, like, ended. Potentially. Or it's to, like, get people to, like, you know, after the fact. I'm into this. I like this idea. How do I help? Right. But that's after the fact. So warning the rest of us, they think most of us, what, 7,300,000 of us are... Yeah. Many. No, that was exactly it. Like, we're all gonna die, so they don't really care if we know their master plan or not, because... We'll be dead anyway. Yeah. Alright, that's a fair point. Because it's not like they let... They didn't carve the plan to eliminate those people True. onto the True. They just stone. said, this is probably gonna be best. Like, just saying. Yeah. So then we can say, we if told we, you so. If just saying was on a monument, it would be this. Just saying. All right. Well, I'll allow that. I like that. That can stick around. I'll as a theory. allow it. Our last theory is that it is an earnest endeavor of a group of people who believe that the Earth may enter in a, po- a post-apocalyptic state. The Cold War at this point was still happening when the stones were commissioned and built, and the thought that the world could go up in a nuclear cloud was a much more consistent one than it is today. The idea that there could be something to guide and help remaining people living on Earth would have been only the only thing that those earnest people could think of. Of like, hey, we want to help those who might end up guideless. Let's put a guide for them somewhere. Christian kept in correspondence with Martin until 2001. Oh. When Martin thinks that the older man must have passed away. Mm Mm-hmm. He would have been probably somewhere in his 80s or 90s at this point. Mm-hmm. Martin still won't tell anyone anything about the man, although he still keeps the papers he was supposed to destroy. Martin. Because if it were me, I would have done the same thing and then just gone and looked at them and been like, I know secrets you don't know. <laughs> Note to anybody listening, never get Emma to sign... Uh, whatchamacallit? A non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, an NDA. My brain was like, an NDR. And was like, <laughs> no, no, that's not the same not thing. It. Yeah, she will keep your secrets. I mean, I'll keep them. Maybe. With me. Forever. Yes. I'm not getting rid of them. So I want to end this episode with a quote that Martin was presented with from the group of sponsors that Christian represented. Okay, before you do that, can we talk about another theory? Sure. Oh, are you mad at me now? No, no, I'm not mad. I was. I, I, I don't necessarily want to end the whole episode just oh, on this quote. well, then you go. Well, you okay. said that. Sorry, I did. I'm going to say a quote now. <laughs> quote, Stonehenge and other vestiges of human thought arouse our curiosity but carry no message for our guidance. To convey our ideas across time to other human beings, we want to erect a monument, a cluster of graven stones which will silently display our ideas when we have gone. We hope they will merit increasing acceptance and that through their silent persistence, they will hasten in a small degree the coming age of reason. End quote. Still interested in what the age of reason is, but... 
Now, what would you like to say? Okay, clearly, <laughs> this Mr. Christian man is either and or, I'm going to say, he is an alien mm. and or a time traveler mm. from the future. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying it's Doctor Who, but is it the Doctor from Doctor Who popping up to be like, hello, Hi. I need you to do this. I can't tell you why. I just need you to do it and make it happen. And that makes it seem less sinister to me, which I appreciate. But less, like, less like sinister what you than said like eugenics the, like, and all at the that. very beginning when you were like, he showed up and like his clothes were like seemed well dressed, very yeah. like not of the whatever. I just was like, he's a time traveler. He's seen it all burn in a fiery inferno so he's back and he's trying to prevent that i mean i'm not going to discredit that because honestly that explains a lot cracked the case but not the granite put that on the merch i already got bingo well done thank you you're welcome i i listened real good i'm proud of you click the buttons good job thanks well, this was a really fun one for me to do. Do you want to see what the guide zones look like? Yes. Okay. So this is a picture of them. Oh, wow. I'm bad at numbers. I was picturing it much shorter than that. Yeah, it's that. real tall. Wow. Yeah. It's like two Raymonds stacked on top of each other. Plus, plus, plus a foot and some. Yeah. Because wow. he's like 6'3". So... Six three. Remind me, babe. I have no clue. <laughs> um, and then this is a uh, measurements and oh. what is on there and all. Well, that. and this was like nineteen seventy whatever. Yeah, this was before computers, right? So they had to calculate all of the all those measurements. Yep, just with with their old noggins. Their old noggins. I mean, luckily they had a lot of consultants. Like they had a. They had a person each, basically, if not more than one, for each language Mm -hmm. to be transcribed and transliterated, because for some languages you can't transcribe from English into, Mm -hmm. you have to, like, this is the basic equivalent to what this means. And then on the guidestone, too, there's, like, classical Greek, Babylonian cuneiform, and Egyptian hieroglyphics and Sanskrit on it, of, like... Because they are time travelers, Emma. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you because I'm. Th- there's literally nothing to discredit it. So I really want to go see them, though. I really want to go see them. Can we go in the summer so you can look at your weird rocks and I can get peaches? Sure. Great. Done. You want to go now? No. Oh. We have to record several more episodes today. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, we're going to have to go. We're going to have to take a lot of pictures. It's on the road map, or not the road map, the road trip map Oh, yes. Now. We have to go on the trip. I was like, we got to go now? No, okay, we're bye. Leaving. We're leaving. Bye, Get guys. in the car. Quick. But, yeah. And I wonder, too, if, like Point Pleasant with Mothman, if Elberton is, like, Georgia Guidestone everything, mm. like, in the town. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they were, but I also don't think I'd be surprised if they weren't. Mm-hmm. 
Do you know what I mean? Because at the very beginning of all this, they were like, uh, this is weird. Like, yay for tourists, but like, mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, that's. That's the Georgia Guidestones, my friends. Woohoo! Yay! If you have any, if you guys have been to the Georgia Guidestones, please let me know. I would really, really like to hear what you have to say about them. I don't know, because it's like, it, it, I don't know, I don't think it's like Stonehenge where it's like roped off and you can't like go and look mm-hmm. into like the astronomical like features of it and stuff. But I don't know if I'd be surprised if they were like, it's roped off. You can't go, like, into it. So mm. hopefully it's not. If you know, let me know. All right, friends. We're going to go grab another snack because I'm hungry again. Okay. And remember, this podcast doesn't exist. It's the shoulder raise for me. <laughs> One more leg. <laughs> and cute.